Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. The man that was created initially was a natural man. Are we together, guys? And then the second man created was a spiritual man. So, pay attention. The reason a man had to be created the second time was because, in fact, the sin and the death we received the first time was as a reason of a man. Are you with me? So, if by a man the offense came, by another man would the righteousness be made available. Are we together, guys? So, Jesus had to be man so that we can identify with what he will do. Are you with me? There is a reason Jesus didn't come as a spirit. If he came as a spirit, you won't be able to identify with it. Are we together? Because you're a man. A spirit only has spirits. You have a body, soul, and spirit. So it had to be somebody who came body, soul, and spirit such that everything he would do in its entirety, you also would be able to identify with it. Does that make sense, guys? Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, in God's wisdom, okay, I should come again. Exactly. Now, you cannot identify. If, if Jesus had to come as a spirit, just a spirit, you wouldn't be able to identify with it. He had to come as a man so that man could do what? Could identify with what he was going to do. Just as we also became recipients of what the first man did. Are we together? So, a man is body, soul, and spirit. So, in order for, because the work of salvation just doesn't just have an implication on the spirit of a man. It has an implication on your body and your soul. Are we together? Scripture tells you, for example, in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19 to 20. It tells you, verse 20, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirits, which are God's. Are we together, guys? So, not only does salvation have an implication on the spirit of a man, it has an implication also on your body. Your body is bought with a price. That is the reason at the trump of God, your body will be what? Will be transformed. Because your body has also been paid for. Does that make sense, guys? Your soul is also of God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Are we together? So, the implication of salvation is on a man's body, soul, and spirit. Hence, anybody that would do the work of salvation has to be somebody who also has body, soul, and spirit, such that when he does the work, you will be able to identify with the entirety of the work. Does that make sense? Exactly. And that's the reason angel could not have done it. And that's why Hebrews to now explains. Go to Hebrews 9 to 11. Hebrews 2, 9 to 11. Did you, were you able to follow? Don't worry. Just keep following. Hebrews 2, 9 to 11. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The 2, verse 9 to verse 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, now, let's just have, let's see Hebrews 2 and verse, okay, not verse 9 yet. Okay, verse 9 is fine. Now, look at what he says. He says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the what? Than the what? Angels. He says, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. So, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. Now, you understand? When he said Jesus was made a little lower than the angels, he's not referring here within the context of authority. He's referring to the fact that angels are spirits, so they don't die. Are we together? Bible tells us that angels excel in strength. Psalms 103 and verse 20. Are we together, guys? They excel in strength. So, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels because compared to angels who, as our angels was on the earth, angels could fly. 
They could move around. They could disappear and appear. Are we together, guys? Jesus was constrained to time. Constrained to space. Constrained to matter. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? And so, because of that, because he could die, within that context, he was made a little lower than the angels. Are we together, guys? And why did he say so? He says, he was made a little lower than the angels. The suffering of death. So, the reason he was made a man was so that he could die. Spirits don't die. So, God, or if Jesus would have to identify with us, in order to die, he would have to come as an entity that could die, which is man. If he came as a spirit, he couldn't die. James 2 tells you, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so also is faith without works. In other words, the way a man dies is that the body dissociates from the, from the spirit. Does that make sense, guys? So meaning, if you only exist as a spirit, you cannot die. Because death only happens when the spirit comes out of the body. Are you with me, guys? If Jesus had to die so that we could identify with what he did for us, or better still, so that he could identify with our own death, that would mean that he had to come as a man because only a man can die. Are we together, guys? Beautiful. I hope I've not confused anybody. Awesome. Praise God. Say, I love the word. I love the word. Say, it does my body good. Glory to Jesus. You know, salvation is sweet. Sweet to understand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, sometimes you just learn God's word and then you bust out in singing. Hallelujah. No, just, I want to sing. Oh Lord my God, when I know some wonder, oh consider all. Hallelujah. You see, the beauty of all God's creation is the new creation. Hallelujah. You see, nothing comes Hallelujah. You know what scripture calls it? It says, things which angels desire to look into. So, are you with me? So, despite the splendor and the majesty of angels, angels see us and say, what? Are you serious? What do you mean? You mean, are you telling me that God can dwell in a man? What? Are you serious? You know, Bible tells us that even angels, have their, they have their wings covering their eyes to behold his glory. So, now you understand. The moment Jesus was created, Bible tells us the heaven wrapped up in joy. Oh my God! Are you serious? That God can dwell in a man? Are we together? But guess what? As a reason of the work of salvation, Jesus has reproduced many Christs. Are you with me? Are you with me? So now, when an angel sees you, he sees God in a man. Are you with me? Jesus said in that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Hallelujah. Jesus is in me today. And so God dwells in me. Hey, take that in. Take it in. Take it in. Take it in. Take it in. Hallelujah. The omniscient God. The omnipotent God. The God by whom all things are possible. The God who created the heavens and the earth. He dwells in me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Listen. When God said, Thou shalt not bow any other image. Are we together? You want to know why? Because we were supposed to be his image. Hallelujah. You know, you need to understand, when you call the believer the temple of God, you need to understand what it means. It means the believer becomes the shrine of God's activity. You see, the entirety of the temples of the Old Testament were to show just one thing, new creation. Hallelujah. Because Bible tells us about the holiest of all. Where the glory cloud of God dwells. And nobody could go in there except the high priest together. 
And he could only go there once in a year. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? But now Bible tells you, for God does not dwell in temples made with hands. So listen, despite the glory of the Old Testament, guess what? God was never there. Hey! God was never there. And Solomon knew this. Solomon said, what can we build you that are going to dwell in? He says, but God, he says, you know what? He says, when I pray, he says, just turn your face to this place. So that when we pray in this direction, you answer. Hallelujah. Because Solomon knew, despite the wealth that went into it, are we together? Despite the millions of dollars, the equivalent of it today is millions and millions of dollars that went into the building of the temple. Nothing comes close to the cost of the new creation. Hallelujah. Because I was ransomed with the everlasting blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you with me? He calls it, he calls it corruptible things like gold or silver. Meaning, when it comes to the worth of my life, gold and silver becomes, it becomes corruptible. Are you with me? The cost of my life is far greater than diamonds. Are you with me? That is easy. Listen to me. I'm telling you, I can't have a self-esteem problem. My worth is in the cross. My worth is in the cross. And that's the reason I always tell you guys again and again. Let me tell you. The more you know the scriptures, the more you know the gospel is the answer to every of man's problem. I'm telling you. See, I have no problem with talking to a therapist. But listen to me. A lot of people facing identity crisis, they don't need a therapist. They need the Holy Ghost. They need the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost takes a hold of you, are we together? You who are too scared to talk to a girl, to identify with Jesus to a girl, you will stand before the rulers of the nation and you will speak to them and say, judge among yourselves. If it is a good thing for us to speak, all right, for us to listen to men above God, are we together? Something has changed. Bible says they looked at them and perceived. These are unlearned men, but they have been with Jesus. Are you with me? So when Jesus gets a hold of you, something changes in you. Are we together? Bible tells us of a woman in John 4. This woman had been moving from husband to husband. She had five husbands. And the woman and the man she was living with now was not her husband. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God that was before you, he says you would ask him of living water and you will not test anymore. Guess what? Just one encounter with Jesus. This woman goes back into the city of Samaria and she preached Christ. Bible says the entire city came out. Do you know what it means? But a woman who before now had an identity crisis was jumping from one man to the other to feel good out together. Now she goes into a city and she does a, a city-wide evangelism. What? Bible says the entire city came out. The entire city. Meaning by the voice of a woman who no longer had a husband. Everybody listened. Listen to me. My worth is in Christ. Hallelujah. I never knew myself till I got the hold of the Holy Ghost. Then I saw myself and I said, wow, this is who I am. Hallelujah. See how he has turned my life around. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And listen to me. This is irrespective of having money in your accounts. This is irrespective of how nice dressed you are. How you look. Listen, Christ is the reason a centurion can fall before a fisherman. And a fisherman tells a centurion, he says, don't do that. I'm a man just like you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that Peter who is a fisherman, he enters the house of Cornelius and Cornelius falls down on his feet. Pause down. I wish you could to me. There is a glory that far supersedes money. That far supersedes money. I wish together. Little one that Peter told Simon the sorcerer. He says, Your money perish with you. Because you thought you would have bought the gift of God with money. This is the priceless gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It's priceless, so you don't pay for it. But it's priceless, so it has, you cannot get anything that can be worth it. Hallelujah. Even the wealth of this entire world cannot compare. 
Hallelujah. Jesus says, Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Meaning in financial terms, even if you were to gain the wealth of the whole world, which is about 300 trillion dollars, he says, if you get that and you lose your soul, guess what? You are still in loss. Hey! Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Doesn't matter how much Elon Musk has, listen to me, he is not watched as much as I have if he's not saved. He's not. I'm telling you, sir, he's not. Praise Jesus. And so as I go about getting money, I understand that it becomes a loss or a waste if I try to get money at the expense of my heart. At the expense of salvation, it's not worth it. It's not. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You've made my heart your home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. You've made me a superman. You've made me a superman. Hallelujah. Now, by the touch of my hands, people can be healed. By the words of my mouth, life can be restored to the hearts of people. Woo! I'm now a superman. Hallelujah. And I vow that the entirety of the earth will hear your words. They will hear it through my lips. They will hear it through my lips. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. As I begin to reach hundreds, in the name of Jesus, thousands will come. Thousands will come from a thousand to two thousand, from two thousand to five thousand, from five thousand to ten thousand. They will hear your word on my lips, on my lips, on my lips, on my lips, on my lips. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, such a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we implore you in Christ's dead. Be you reconciled to God. I am now an ambassador for Jesus. I stand in his place. I minister upon the earth like he was here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. See, so when you come for camp meetings, one of the things that must also happen is a consecration of your heart to God's will. Let me say something. If you come for a camp meeting and you live here with a model of the kind of car you want to get, how am I any difference from Feladro to you? Or Vusi? You know Vusi? Beautiful guy, by the way. Speaks so eloquent. Listen to him. Are we together? But Vusi is not, he's not a minister of the gospel. Are we together? He might be as a believer, but at least in his motivational talks, he doesn't stand as a minister of the gospel. Are we together? Let every man do their work. Are you with me? I'm called by the Holy Ghost. I say things that men of the world don't say. Do you understand my point? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, when you come for meetings like this, you must live here with a renewed sense of responsibility to preach the gospel. Are you with me, guys? You must live here with a renewed sense of responsibility to see the world covered with the gospel. Hallelujah. As you go back to your hostels, you must see your block covered with the gospel. You must desire it. I'm going to talk about that in the next session. You must, the desire must prompt you to do things. Are we together, guys? It will prompt you to pray. It's a problem to pray. You know, I always share this experience when I was on campus. You know, I just decided in Angola. In fact, that was where actually I knew you. Actually, through actually in Angola. That's actually, I didn't know you, but I would see you a lot there. 
actually. And I just decided, I said, block A in Angola will be covered with the gospel. And that was it. And you see, it's, you see, let me say something. It's just little acts of faithfulness that God rewards. It's just little acts of faithfulness. So I would pray and I would literally, I would see in the spirit that block covered with the gospel. And it, you know, you need to name to, to start small. You that doesn't have prayer life, you are doing the nations. Calm down. Calm down. Learn to stay, stay with two people. Are you with me? You see, you won't, you cannot do with a hundred what you can't do with two. Are you with me? Do you understand me? You can't do with a hundred what you can If you cannot follow up on two people and effectively train them, you can't do it with nations. You think God wants to waste resources? That God is just looking, who will I give it to? Who will I give it to? You. You look cute. Sick. It doesn't work like that. It's faithfulness. Faithfulness. So, when you have two people, you stay with them faithfully. You have three. You do it faithfully. You have five. Listen. The kind of preparation that you will do, if you are not doing it when you are two, you won't do it for 1,000. Should I be honest with you? I'll be honest with you. Okay. Maybe I study a little bit more now, but it's not significantly more. Are we together? The same way I've been studying the scriptures overnight when I was on campus is the same way now. The only difference is that over time, revelation knowledge accumulates. Are you with me? So there are depths of insights I will have now compared to before. Not because I'm studying a whole lot more now, but because I've studied a lot in the past, so it builds on it. Are you with me, guys? That's it. That's it. We think, oh, maybe the reason I'm not studying a lot is because they are just two. When it becomes a hundred, I'll study more. You won't. You won't. You must esteem those two. Like that's God's plan. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I told you guys testimony again and again. There was a time on campus, I had just two disciples. In fact, those were even sweeter times for me. So there was no razzmatazz. There was no arrangement of... There's no... John Wayne, you know, when it's just two people, you can come up and... There's no... I, I was teaching... I remember, I, I taught Genesis, Genesis 1, chapter 1 to chapter 3. I taught it for an entire semester. 11 weeks, every Saturday. And each teaching was like two hours. Praise God. And if you see me going for my disciple class, you will not, ah, I say, I'm busy. I can't have time right now. I'm busy. You would think I'm going for one meeting. Well, it was one meeting. Are we together, guys? That's what God rewards. That's what God rewards. When you stay over the night, you pray in tongues. Just because you are teaching two people. Just, you know, some of you don't know what God has given you. You're on campus. They make you a leader. They commit lives to your hands. Ah, oh, oh, is it data? Sir, life has to come back. Ah, sir, so late. Hey, if a man believes in you, see, let me tell you something. The greatest compliment a man can give you is not money, it's attention. You know what it means for somebody to sit down and listen to you for hours? God has to call you. So, when they carry lives to you, you know, I on campus, for example, I was a leader for three years. In my fellowship, yes. I thank God I didn't take it lightly. Committed to my hands, you know, workers and training students. In fact, I considered myself to be the one with the most serious work. You are giving me people who are just coming into campus. They don't know anything. And I have to make them men and women of God in a semester. Ah, I'm going to take my work seriously. Hallelujah. Some of them are here now. Some of them are here. Some of them are here. Fruits of the same. I, I didn't joke with it. Hallelujah. I didn't joke with it. There are men, some men have been teaching now for about four years. Four years. I mean, so you need to understand. So now you might see the little things that we are doing by the grace of God and think, oh, you know, 
there's somebody somewhere. Maybe this guy, I don't know anybody. Hallelujah. Of course, by the grace of God, I know God, and that's all that matters. But there's, a, there's no other person. Hallelujah. It's just faithfulness to the work. Hallelujah. And you see, by those experiences we've had in the past, we know there is more coming. Are you with me, guys? We know there is more coming. Glory to Jesus. I have been saying this before. You know, when we were just about three or five, I was saying it. I said, just give me some time. I will teach crowds of hundreds. I said it. Are we together? And so listen to me. Just give me some time. I will teach crowds of thousands. Hallelujah. And I'll keep saying these words. Hallelujah. And this is how I'll keep saying it. I'll teach crowds of millions. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to get any weak. I'm not going to get any tired. It's going to be the same fervency. The same fire. The same word. The same revelation. The same power. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Is Jesus the same yesterday, today and forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, just want to exhort you, man of God, be faithful. Be faithful. Faithful. Don't think. Those two people, Jesus died for them. You don't love Jesus more than the way you take care of these people. Jesus told Peter, he said, feed my flock. He said, do you love me? He said, ah, Jesus, you know now. He said, do you love me more than this? He said, the third time, Peter was even offended. He says, you know I love you. He says, feed my sheep. So if you love me, you will feed my sheep. If you love me, I'm going to feed my sheep. I love you. I won't trade you for silver or gold. The same you. You miss church on Sunday for church meeting, for work meeting. You're not saying, I won't trade you. You don't even need to trade him. You're already doing it. Congrats, bro. Take your CSC certificates. You've traded him already. Cheers. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. If you love Jesus, you will feed his sheep. You will preach the gospel. You will disciple people. Hallelujah. This is what my life is for. This is what my life is for. Doesn't matter how much money, how much affluence I get in the natural. This is what my life is for. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, one time, a while ago, I just posted on my WhatsApp status. I said, if ever by the grace of God I'm blessed to have money and estates, if by the grace of God I'm able to acquire so much wealth, I say, may the loudest thing about my life still be the gospel. Hallelujah. Even if I get to have millions of dollars in my accounts, may the most important thing that people know about me be that he was a preacher. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. If I have private jets, do you understand my point? If I have connections and people know me in all places, and I'm known for this and for that, etc., etc., may the loudest thing about me still be this. He lived for Jesus. He lived for the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now then we're ambassadors for Christ. Now then we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We implore you in Christ's name. Be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, let's get right into our teaching. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, so, so now, I already explained to you why Jesus had to be a man. So we could identify with are we together, guys. But now, there's also another important part of Jesus' incarnation. Even though he had to be a man for we to identify with him, he also had to be born in such a way that he would not identify with the sins of Adam. Are we together, guys? So, he had to start, I'm going to use this phrase, a new lineage, by which man could identify with him, but he would not identify with Adam. Are we together, guys? So, he became a, he became a man in body, soul, and spirit, but he was born not out of human procreation. 
So by him not being born out of human procreation, that cuts him off from the implication of Adam's sin. Are we together, guys? Because for you to be able to bear the sins of others, you must be sinless. You must be blameless. Does that make sense, guys? Every man who was born by the copulation of, of or that was born through Adam, which is by the copulation of man and woman, would have to take upon them the same nature, all right, of sin that Adam had. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. So, we see the wisdom of God in the fact that despite the fact that Jesus was a man, he was a man not born by the copulation of man and woman, which separates him, are we together, from what? From the sin of Adam. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? So now, let's continue. Now, in the incarnation or in the life of Jesus, there are three things you will see. Or there are three aspects to his identification. Number one is that he identified with our humanity. I've explained that. That he came as a man. Number two, he identified with our sinful states. He identified with our sinful states. So the Bible tells us, for example, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. He has made him to be seen for us who knew no sin, that we should be made the righteousness of him. Are we together, guys? That we should be made the righteousness of God in him. So he identified with our sinful state. Bible tells you in Isaiah 43 from verse 4 to verse 5. He says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Jesus identified with our sinful state so that he could take the sufferings upon, upon himself. Are we together, guys? Now, the third thing that Jesus identified with, and this is very important, he identified with the result of our sin, death. In fact, the first two points I gave are all to result in the third one. The reason, as I said before, he had to come as a man was so that he could die. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? And then also, him receiving upon himself our sinful states would now lead to what? The result of sin, which is death. Does that make sense, guys? Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are we together, guys? So, Jesus had to take upon himself sin, or the nature of sin. And as a reason of that, the result or the consequence of that sin was what? Death. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? And so, we see Jesus, when he came to the earth, he died. And this is where it gets very important. If we say that man was under the dominion of the devil, together, guys, that man was under. Now, this is where we now need to apply our thinking caps. Now, for the man in Christ, for the man in Christ, the Bible tells us in Philippians three and verse twenty that our citizenship is in heaven. In the NIV, I think. He calls it our, sorry, in the KJV, it says our, our conversation. In the NIV, he calls it our citizenship. Are we together? Meaning, we are members of heaven. You know, when you say you're a citizen of somewhere, it doesn't mean going to go there. It means that is where you are from. Are we together, guys? So if he tells you your citizenship is in heaven, you will not be entirely correct when you just say, I'm going to go to heaven. No. I am in heaven already. Though spiritually, but I am. Are we together? In fact, he tells you our citizenship is in heaven from whence we eagerly await the coming of our Lord. So, the mindset we always had was, we are here, waiting for Jesus to come to take us. But he says, no, you are in heaven. 
And it is in fact because you are in heaven that you can expect him to come. Jesus is only coming for those who are already in heaven. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Now, that's not all. So, it would mean, therefore, and I'm still going to do a teaching on this. Actually, I'm going to call it the man from two worlds. When I'm on the earth, even though I am here, standing with you, here, spiritually, I am in heaven. Physically, I am on the earth. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? And that's why the Bible then says in Ephesians 2, verse 6, that we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. So, even though I might be seated in the toilet, or I am seated in my classroom, in the spirit, I am seated with Christ, in God. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So, if we then use that analogy to understand the man who is sold on that sin, that would mean, therefore, that the man is alive. And we can sit down. Just like the way we sit down. We, the way we walk, he walks. Spiritually, he are we together, guys? And so, just as spiritually we are in heaven, spiritually he is in hell. Does that make sense, guys? Did you get that? So, for the man who is unsaved, just as for the man who is saved, who is physically on earth, spiritually in heaven, for the man who is unsaved, physically he is on the earth, spiritually he is in hell. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So now, if we say that Jesus had to identify with our sin and the implication of our sin, it would therefore necessitate that if Jesus would die, he would go to where? He would go to where? Don't be scared to say it. He would go to hell. <laughs> I know that. You see, Jesus in hell. It happened. Open your Bible to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. From verse 9 to verse 10. He says, now pay attention. Now that he ascended, or now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth, he that ascended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might feel all things. So he tells you he ascended because he descended into the lower parts of the earth. Are we together, guys? Now that's not all. Now go to Acts 2, 25 to 28. This was Peter speaking. And Peter was going to, he was about to preach the gospel. He was going to preach the gospel. And now hear what Peter has to say. Acts 2, from verse 25 to 28. He says, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. He says, therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. He says, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine only one to see what? Corruption. He says, thou hast made known unto me the ways of life, for thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Are we together? So now, verse 31 of that verse. He then says, he seen this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that is what? His soul was not left in where? Neither did his flesh do what? So, he tells you, Jesus' soul was not left in where? So that means his soul was in where? But it was not what? Left there. Does that make sense, guys? So did Jesus go to hell? Yes, he did. Now go to hell. Because the man who is in sin is in where? And so if Jesus identified with our sinful state, he had to go where? Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Can you see that God's word is so sweet? It makes sense. It all adds together. Now we're not done. Hallelujah. So Jesus died. He didn't go through a coma. You know, some of us think that, you know, the three days Jesus was in the tomb, on the ball, and he was just lying down, and he was just chilling on the bed. They see me rolling on the head. 
That's what he was doing. Actually died. His spirit was not there. If you took his body and shook it, nothing was going to happen. Are we together? Because his soul was in hell for three days. At least for three nights. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Now, let's continue. Now, pay attention to something. But let me see this. Now, when we think about what Jesus was doing in hell, you know, we say Jesus defeated the devil in hell. Are we together, guys? Now, people have this idea that when Jesus was in hell, he was like this. Okay. The devil. You know, I don't even know that mean of those two rats. Jesus was not fighting the devil in hell. Because quite frankly, the devil is on the earth. Not in hell. You know, it's a, it's a wrong prayer point to say, I bind you. It's not the responsibility of the Christian to bind the devil. Bible tells you in the book of Revelations that that's going to be done by an archangel, Michael. So, scripture gives you the authority to cast out the devil. Or the, word, the, um, the Lord has given us authority to cast out devils, but not to bind them. It's not your work to bind them. Let me tell you something you might like to hear. For every, every demon you've ever casted out, they are still on the earth. I, I cast you out now. I bind you to the deepest parts of the earth. Farabale. He only listens to the first one. <laughs> are you with me? No God, they do pass yourself. So, praise <laughs> God. Men and women of God, we still have many casting outs to do. It's not even impossible that a demon you casted out day before yesterday, you meet him again. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> demons too can have memory. I hope you know. <laughs> then they see and they say, hey, what a game to your law. Are you with me? You know, you know the sons of Skiva, when they were casting out demons, you know what the demon said? He says, listen, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. Who are you? In other words, these people have done, like when they casted us out, we knew them. They said, but we, we are you? Who they? <laughs> Fall out. <laughs> are you saying, are we together, guys? So demons have memories. So imagine that at some point in your life you are fire for God and you casted out the demon. Then later on, you start doing anyhow. And then the demon gets a hold of you. <laughs> you know what Jesus says about demons? He says when they leave a place, are we together? And they go out. He says they go into a dry place. And they try to go look for where to enter. He says when they don't see anywhere, he says they come back. He says and when they find the place fresh and ready, open for them. He says this time they will not come alone because you don't want to leave. He says they will come with seven more terrible demons with them. Are we together? Hmm. <laughs> Praise God. Are we together, guys? So, tell your neighbor, say, stop playing. Stop playing, oh. hey, Stop playing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say, say, um, apostles of nations. So, King Badura. <laughs> hey, you gonna see Shaggy. Praise God. You know, and this is one of the reasons why I don't, I don't like to overdo. Personally, I don't call myself a God to call me. Praise Jesus. And I also don't double in matters that are above my pay grade. Glory to Jesus. You see, by the grace of God, my pay grade is Caruso ministry. Within this place, I will say anything, talk anything, do anything. Not because I'm scared of anything, but because, you see, the things of God work with jurisdictions. Are we together? For example, you need to understand, despite the authority that Jesus gave his disciples, he strictly told them, he says, go only to the lost sheep of Israel. Listen to me. If they had gone on to the Gentiles, the testimony they had in Luke 10, they would have had it. Are you with me? Because the authority came with a jurisdiction. Listen, there is no such man that is called into the body of Christ. You have your assembly. You have your people. 
So don't be jumping up and down everywhere. Face your work. Face your work. Teach your people. Are we together? On every matter you have something to say. Oh, young man, today. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, if Peter had tried to cast a demon, but not out of the lordship of Israel, he will see Shege. Even the lordship gone, Shebi, there was some illnesses they could not heal. How much more they now? Listen, authority works with jurisdiction. Always keep that in mind. Hallelujah. Oh God. Praise God. Amen. Let's continue. Amen, amen, amen. So now, as I was saying before, eh? so we think that Jesus in hell was fighting. He wasn't. Now, how did Jesus defeat the devil is a very important question. Now, let me say something. Jesus said something while he was on the earth. Jesus said, when you want to go into the house of a strong man, are we together? He says, how can you take of the goods of a strong man's house? He says, first of all, you have to bind the strong man. Are we together? You bind him up. Then you go into his house and you steal his goods and come out. Are we together, guys? In other words, let me explain what that means to you. If we know that, oh, there's a particular room where there's a gold chest. Are we together, guys? And then we know that inside that room, there is a guardian, a very strong guardian of the chest. If we see you going, without seeing what you were doing, and we see you come out with the chest, we know one thing. However way you did it, you defeated that guy. Are you with me? The only way you could have come out of that room is that whether you killed him, you tied him, you made him fall, in whatever way, you defeated that guardian. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So now pay attention. When Jesus went to hell and then rose out of hell, are we together, guys? The defeat of the devil in itself is that he rose. The defeat of the devil is not that he was doing like this with the devil. That's not it. The fact that, because you need to know, before now, every man who died was in the place of the dead. You see, hell also, let me also say this, hell does not always refer to the place of suffering. There is a place of suffering called hell. That's fine. However, hell is not always a place of suffering. The word hell in the Greek is Hades. Or in the Hebrew, Shoel. It means a place of the dead. Are we together? That was where everyone who died in the Old Testament, whether having a promise not in Christ or not, went to. Are we together? This was a simple reason somebody in Abraham's bosom could communicate with another person who was in a place of suffering. Why? Because they were both in the same place. In the place of the dead. In fact, when you read that part very well, you realize Jesus wasn't stating a parable. He was stating a story of what happened. Are we together? Of the rich man and Lazarus. It wasn't a parable. It was an actual happening. Are we together, guys? So, the both of them were in the place of the dead. But within the place of the dead, there was a place of suffering where the rich man was. And Abraham's bosom where Lazarus was. Are we together? And, don't let me repeat. Hope you got what I said. Are we together, guys? So now, when Jesus died, and then, so before Jesus, were people raised from the dead? Yes. But if they, they were raised from there, but two things about those people. Number one, they would die again. Number two, and number one, and number two, even though they were walking upon the face of the earth, spiritually, they were still under the dominion of the, of the hell, of hell. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? But now, Jesus rises up, and not only does he rise up 
as per rising up in the body like Lazarus did, no, he also rises up spiritually out of hell. Are you with me, guys? So, is the fate of the devil was that he was raised out of hell. Because before now, no man had ever been raised out of hell. So, for the fact that he could come out of hell, it shows therefore that hell is no longer a place of no return. A man can go there and come out. You see, this is the authority we have to preach the gospel. Because a man was once in hell and came out. So, when we meet the sinner, we know you also can get out of there. Are you with me? That's it. You see, and that's the reason the Bible calls the gospel the power of God unto salvation. Because you see, for every time when we preach the gospel, we supply the power that brought out Jesus from hell. We supply it to men in hell as well. Are we together? That just as he rose, you can rise too. Being buried with him in baptism, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in the newness of life. Hallelujah. Say me also. All that he did, me also. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Does that make sense, guys? Now, look at Colossians 2, from verse 12 to verse 15. Colossians 2, 12 to 15. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say, I'm learning something. I'm learning something. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, Colossians 2, from verse 12 to verse 15. Now, he says, he says, being buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, he says, who has raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, as he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now pay attention to verse 14. He says, blotting us the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, and which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Verse 15, very, very important. Look at your Bibles. He says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. Shall over them in it? Now, how do you think Jesus made a show of the devil openly? Some of us think the way he did it is that when Jesus rose out of, out of the dead, he now took the devil by his tail. He was not dragging him outside. See, <laughs> I don't catch him. <laughs> Bush means not in that trap. That's not it. The way Jesus made a show of the devil openly was that when he rose, he appeared to men. Are you with me? By his appearance to men, he shows that hell is not the end. Are you with me? That a man could be in hell, but could now be raised up out of hell. This is the meaning of, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Because he built the church by his resurrection. The gates of hell did not prevail against the resurrection. Are you with me? Oh God. Ha, yeah, 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 yeah. The gates of hell did not prevail against his resurrection. That's the building of the church. You see, the, that's, that verse does not primarily refer to what is happening today. You know, we say uh, the church is marching on, the gate of hell cannot prevail. That is also correct. But are you with me? But within the context of Matthew 16, where he says, because he says, I will build my church. This is the building of the church. It is not the present day ministry of the church. No. It is how the church was built. Are we together, guys? The church was built upon the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus tells you, Bible tells you in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, alright? He says, for it became in by woman of things and, with, and in woman of things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Are we together, guys? That's actually Hebrews 2 and verse 10. Sorry. That's Hebrews 2 and verse 10. Could you help me check that? Hebrews 2 10, Thank you very much. Verse 14 is that for 
as uh, for as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, right? He also himself like us to part of the same. Thank you very much. So as I was saying, pay attention very well. So in Hebrews 2 and verse 10, you see therefore that it was his resurrection was to bring many sons to glory, which was the building of the church. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? So in that resurrection, he shows that he has authority over hell because hell could not stop him from being raised. Does that make sense, guys? So when he says in Revelations 1 and verse 18, go there. Revelations 1 and verse 18. Revelations 1 and verse 18. Are we, are we all in Revelations 1 and verse 18? So everybody in Revelations 1 and verse 18 wants to go. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the what? How does he have the keys of hell and death? Because he rose from it. The one key there is the Greek word clays. And it is used figuratively for authority. It's just the same way, you know. Sure, you know, the people who have authority, for example, over hostels are potters. Why? Because they have the key to it. If they lock it, oh Lord, because whether to go in or to go out. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? So, figuratively, when you say, I have, or when you, you know, when you hear things like, ah, his keys in my hand. What does that mean? Forget. Why are you laughing? She knows what she knows what she's saying. You see, ah, it's not his keys in my hand. I'm not worried. You know, it's, I, I like to say that a lot. Like, what are you feeling like? His keys in my hand. What's your problem? You're giving a problem. Show my age. Do you know my age? Anyways, let's continue. So, so when you say, so when Jesus said, I have the keys of death and hell, does it mean that there's actually a gate? No. It refers to the fact that because I am raised from hell and death, are we together? Now I have authority over it because it did not hold me bound. And so, I also have the authority to make sure that any other man who is in hell can also come out of it. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Exactly. 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 But we are not done. Now, go also to, I want to show you something also very important. Hebrews 2. Hebrews of the 2. Oh, it's coming. Let's not touch it. We don't have so much time. Let's just move on. Let's move on. So, there's also something very important I wanted to explain. Now, notice in Colossians 2 verse 15, he says, his poor principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, having triumphed over them. It's, are we together, guys? So, I already explained what it means by making a show of them openly. That the show was by him being raised from the dead and showing himself before all mankind. Are we together? That lets us know he has defeated the devil. Does that make sense, guys? By being raised. Are we together? Now, what does it mean by his spoiled principalities and powers? Now, the word spoiled there is the Greek word apek duomai. A-P-E-K-D-U-O-M-A-I. Apek duomai. Now, apek duomai actually means despoiled. He doesn't mean to spoil like the second day fried rice. That's not it. Are we together? What it actually means is, you know, when kings go to battle and then you, you, you know, you're fighting a particular war and then you defeat a particular kingdom. What you take from that king are called the spoils of war. Are we together, guys? And so, in taking those things, what did you do? You despoiled the other kingdom. Does that make sense, guys? So, when Jesus rose out of dead, out of the dead, such that every other man who had died in a promise of what he was going to do, also ro rose from the dead with him. What did he do? He despoiled the devil of those souls. Does that make sense, guys? And so, pay attention. 
Every time when we also go forth preaching the gospel to men who are in hell, we are continuing the same thing Jesus did when he rose, despoiling the kingdom. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? So, Colossians 2 and verse 15 did not stop when Jesus rose. Are we together? In fact, it began. And we are working in the present day reality of Colossians 2. Every time when we take the gospel to a man, what are we doing? We are despoiling hell and death of souls. Are we together? We are bringing them out into eternal life. But you see, it did not just stop in that he rose from the dead. That he rose from the dead is a very important fact. But that is not all there is to it. Now, let's continue. Now look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and verse 17. John chapter 20 and verse 17. He says, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. He says, But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and unto my God and your God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So now, he tells you, even though I've been raised from the dead, the work is not done. I still have to ascend. Does that make sense, guys? Now, let's continue. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 12 to verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 12 to verse 14. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He says, but this man. Somebody say, but this man. Say, but this man. You know, you say, this man. This man. This is the only this man that matters. Glory to Jesus. This is the only this man that matters. Say amen. And the singles are happy. So yes. Say yes, finally. My Ebenezer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Say, but this man. He says, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the what? On the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. He says, for by one of them, he has perfected forever them that are what? That are sanctified. Are we together, guys? So, what is the implication of this? So now, we are told that not only did Jesus rise from the dead, scripture tells us he ascended to the Father. Does that make sense, guys? And what do you do when he ascended? Having, having offered eternal redemption through the sacrifice of sins, what does he do? He sits. At the right hand of God. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? He sits on the right hand of God. Now, what's the implication of this sitting? Look at Acts chapter 2, from verse 32 to 36. Acts 2, from verse 32 to 36. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, from verse 32 to 36. He says, This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. He says, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed for these which you now see and hear. He says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down on my right hand, till I make thy foes thy footstool. He says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. So, pay attention. Pay attention. So, when we see Jesus raised from the dead and ascend to the right hand of the Father, at that point when he ascends to the right hand of God, he, is now, he now becomes Lord. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. So, so, the Lordship of Jesus is seen upon his exaltation to the right hand of the Father. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? Let's continue. Look at Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Philippians of the 2 from verse 5 to 11. 
Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Can we begin to play for me now? Philippians 2, 5 to 11. He says, pay attention. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of his servants, and was made in the likeness of men. He says, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He says, wherefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in earth, of things, uh, uh, sorry, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Now, what is the sum total of everything we've seen so far? That when we talk about the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is what Jesus received upon his exaltation to the right of God. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? That the events that lead to Jesus receiving the name is that he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Does that make sense, guys? And so, when a man says, I have faith in the name of Jesus, what does it mean? It means I have faith in the work by which the name was made available. Are you with me, guys? It means the man believes. The man says, I believe that Jesus died. I believe that he went to hell. I believe that the, by the power of Jesus, he was raised from hell. Such that he now has authority of the keys of death and hell. Are we together, guys? I believe, in fact, that he ascended up to glory. And I believe that he is exalted to the right hand of God. And so I believe that he has the name. Hallelujah. When the man says, I believe upon the name of Jesus. What does he mean? I believe in death. I believe in the burial. I believe in the resurrection. Glory to Jesus. And you know what the Bible says about those, about those events? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in remembrance that which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. He says, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So, Bible tells us that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus are the events of the gospel. Are we together, guys? And so, when a man believes such, he is saved. Does that make sense, guys? So, when we hear that a man believes in the name, it means the man believes in the events of the gospel, which means that the man what is saved. Faith in the name, therefore, is what how a man is saved. So listen. In fact, the fundamental thing that the name gives salvation is not the miraculous. The name works for the miraculous because the name provides salvation. Are you with me? Because the way the name came about to be was by what? The name coming out of hell and death and being what? Sorry, by Jesus coming out of death and hell and being raised to the right hand of the Father far above principalities and powers. Are we together? So, the authority over principalities and powers is a byproduct of what? Of Jesus making salvation available. Are you with me, guys? So, in Jesus making salvation available such that he rose to the right hand of God, what happened? As a reason of that, um, uh, principalities and powers and demons were now subject to him. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? So, the name working for the miraculous is because the name works for salvation. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now, you now understand why 
the apostle said, for there is no other name under heaven by which men will be saved. How are we together, guys? But the name of Jesus. It's by the name that we are saved. And the reason we can use the name for the miraculous is because we have the name because we are saved. You know, the Skiva said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preached, sorry, in the name of Jesus, Peter preached, are we together? In the name of Jesus that the apostles do the miracles, we cast you out. And they said, Paul we know. Sorry, Peter we know. I say Paul. Peter we know. Jesus we know. Who are you? Now, why do you think they said those things? Because the name only works for people who have what? Faith in the name for salvation. Are you with me? You can only use the name because you are in the name. Does that make sense, guys? The name only works for men who are in the authority that the name gives. The name only works for men who have been brought out of hell into eternal life by faith in the name. So, we can do the miraculous because we are saved. Are you with me? Are you with me, guys? It will now make sense, therefore, that in Mark 16, when Jesus was going to tell people to go and preach the gospel, notice what he says. He says, preach the gospel. He says, go in therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, he that believes, believes in what? In the name now. Do you understand? He that believes and is baptized. Now, to be baptized does not mean to enter water. Are we together? Bible tells you in 1 Corinthians 10, Bible tells you that the Israelites were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. If to be baptized is to enter water, how can you be baptized into Moses? The word baptized means, is the Greek word baptizo. It means to immerse, to identify. Are we together? So when he says that they were baptized into Moses, it means they identified with the leadership ministry of Moses. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? So when he says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, he means he that believes on the name and is what? Immersed into or identifies with the name will be saved. And that is the reason he now says, but he that does not believe shall be condemned. He didn't say he that does not believe and is not baptized. Are we together? Because to believe and to be baptized are the same. Are we together? So another way he could have said it is, and he that is not baptized will, will be condemned. Why? Because he that is not baptized is he that does not believe. Are you with me? So how is a man baptized? Because he believes. Are you with me, guys? Now notice what he now says afterwards. He says, and these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. So now, the reason they can cast out devils in his name is that they believe on the name in the first place to receive salvation. Does that make sense, guys? So we can use the name because we are in the name. So, the first fact you must know when you use the name is, I am in the name. And this is why you will now understand that. This is why I said the miraculous doesn't have to work the miraculous can work by my hands being raised. Why? I am in the name. When Jesus says, in my name, they will cast out devils. It does not mean you always have to say in my name. Now, he also says, in my name, they will cast out devils. He says, they will speak with new tongues. Does that mean you always have to do, in the name of Jesus? No, no. It is this. I am able to speak in tongues by the authority of Jesus. So, my speaking in tongues itself is in the name. Are you with me? He says, that's why Peter says, therefore being at the right hand of God exalted 
and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. So meaning, by the exhortations of the right hand of Jesus, he has made what you are seeing possible. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So, when we pray in tongues, or when we speak in tongues, it is proof that he is exalted. Are you with me? So, speaking in tongues itself is proof that the name is potent. So when he says, you will, you will speak in tongues in the name, he's not saying you pray in tongues and you say in the name of Jesus. No, he's saying, you're speaking in tongues is in the name. Are you with me? Because it is by God. The Holy Ghost given because he has received the name. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? He says, in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. He says, they'll lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Hallelujah. It was said, it was said of A.A. Allen. That A.A. Allen would walk into meetings. And then he would say, A.A. Allen is here. And demons will check out. Hallelujah. And you know, for a very long time, I, you know, when you, as a theological, you know, as a word guy, let me put it that way, I struggled with that particular concept a lot. Because I didn't know what it meant. The name of Jesus. I thought the name of Jesus was by what you said. Do you know what I mean? So, when you say A.A. Allen is here, it almost sounded like you were doing it in the name of A.A. Allen. It sounded like idolatry to me. For the longest time. But it was not when I got it. I said, oh, when he says A.A.L.M. is here, it means I am here on the authority of Jesus. Are you with me? So I can also say, Israel is here. Get out. Why? Because I came in the name. Scripture says, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I walk in the name. I talk in the name. I live in the name. Hallelujah. And the reason, therefore, possibilities of the name are my possibilities constantly. Listen, the possibilities of the name are not my possibilities just when we gather. Because I am in the name, I live in the name. So, I expect to see the name at work in every aspect of my life constantly. You see, this is the secret to the miraculous. And so this is the reason Peter can be walking Notice Bible tells us he didn't say they were praying. He says they were going in the hour of prayer. So they were just about to pray. Are you with me? It would make sense if they had just finished praying. You say, ah, no man, no man, no. They don't hide. They were going to pray. Are you with me? And then he looked at him. He looked at the man at the gates. And then he says, silver and gold don't have. He says, but there's something I have. He says, in the name. So, I can give you the name because I have the name. Don't forget what I said. Why? Because Peter is in the name. Are we together, guys? So, despite the fact that Peter wasn't just coming from a prayer meeting. In fact, he was just going there. Because Peter was in the name, he could get the man to rise up. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Because we are in the name. Hallelujah. So, when I'm at when I am at work, I'm in the name. And this is the reason I can be in the office and then we're trying to make strategies and plans for things that should happen. And I can know. Let's not take that business step because I just know that in the next three months, many things are going to go this way. You know why I can say that? Because even in the office, I'm in the name. Are you with me? It means when I need to figure out the next step in the work of ministry. When there are, you see, let me tell you one of the reasons. Personally, and I, I used to struggle with this for a very long time, making decisions. Because I used to be scared, particularly ministry decisions. I used to be scared of making a mistake. Oh, 
you know, I don't want to make a, a decision suddenly. Now, at the same time, I don't rush to make decisions. But there are certain decisions you just have to make them on the spot. Are you with me? If I ever have to make a decision on the spot, I will make a mistake. You know why? Because even on the spot, I am in the game. You know, you know what this thing does to me? I am never scared. If you tell me I have three days to make a decision, I am not scared if two days and 11 and 23 hours without a decision made yet. If I have to make that decision in one minute, I'll make the right choice. I have no, I have no fear whatsoever. Whatever comes out of my, might, my, of my mouth is the right thing. You know why? I'm in the name. I'm in the name. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I'm in the name. I'm in the name. I'm in the name. I'm in the name. And you know the meaning of the name? The meaning of the name is this. We are now where Jesus is. So, the reason we can exert the name above principalities and powers is because we are seated with him above principalities and powers. Are we together? So, where he is is where we are. And so, in that way, where we are is where he is. So, as I'm here today, Jesus is here. And so, the possibilities of Jesus become my possibilities. Are we together? So, pay attention. If five loaves of bread and two fish could feed 5,000 with Jesus, it can't today. And that's why I will always say in ministry, resources are never the problem. Are you? Jesus told his disciples, when he told them, beware of the living of the Pharisees, they said, ah, Jesus is saying this, you know, he's saying this because we didn't carry bread. Bread? You know what Jesus said? He said, have you forgotten so soon? The five loaves of bread with the 5,000 or the seven loaves with the 4,000. You don't know what Jesus is trying to do? Let you know. I did it before it's coming again. Are you with me? So listen, lack is never the problem. Are you with me, guys? It's never a problem, sir. Oh, God. Do you guys believe what I'm telling you? Lack. Money is never the issue. Go. <laughs> Are we together, guys? It's never the issue. Because Jesus is there with us. His possibilities become our possibilities. You know, when Jesus was going to convince Peter to follow him, you know how he convinced him? He let him know lack was not a problem. He showed him that in one day you can cut an entire year's worth of fish. So now follow me. You know, when, when a man shows you that all the salary you could have gotten in five years, he gives you one day and then says, follow me. You know, you know, hunger is not a problem. Are you with me? Because you think it's a joke that a man lives on livelihood, drops everything, and says, Oh, yeah, let's go. It's because he lets him know, Oh, guys, no problem. Are we together, guys? And that's why I think it's a very ridiculous question. When we people, when we begin to hear people argue, Oh, did you just have a bank account? Did you just have money? Did you not have money? Why do you have to save when five loaves of bread can feed 5,000 with you? It's ridiculous to save. Are we together? And that's the reason when he was going to pay tax, you know what he did? He told Peter, go back to that fish that you're always working. Go and get money again. Hey! And get it again. Are you with me? We never lack in the name. Hallelujah. We are sufficient in the name. We are sufficient in the name. All that we need is in the name. Are we together, guys? Our sufficiency in the work of ministries in the name. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. You know how I know that in the next...
years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we'll still be doing the same thing. You know I know. Because we're the name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The name has walked once against the gate of it. It's not going to stop now. Are we together? The devil couldn't stop Jesus when he goes. He can't stop now. Because I'm in the name. Hallelujah. Say I'm in the name. Say the name is mine. Say I walk in the name. I live in the name. I move in the name. Say the name is for me. The name is mine. The name works with me. I live in the name. I preach in the name. I lay hands in the name. I walk miracles in the name. And I rejoice in the name. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The nations are ours in the name. Hallelujah. The men are coming in the name. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. You see, Cornelius can dream of Peter because he's in the name. I, you know, I, I, don't, I tell my guys this again and again. There must be experiences in ministry that lets you know it's a supernatural work. Not everything in ministry should be able to be explained. Are you with me? There must be things you can't explain. How does Peter explain that it should not be Cornelius' vision? Are we together, guys? How does Ananias explain that Paul knew that he was coming? Are we together? There's only one explanation. We are in the name. Are we together, guys? We are in the name. So, how will doors open to us because we are in the name? Nations will open because we are in the name. Men will come because we are in the name. You know, men will just wake up from their beds and they will just say, I just knew I was supposed to walk out. As I walked out, I heard the Spirit of God tell me, go here, go here, go here, go here. And I stopped right in front of your auditorium and I knew I was supposed to come in. You know why? Because we are in the name. Are we together? See, my heart is open to those possibilities. Because anything is possible in the name. Ah! Anything is possible. Anything is possible in the name. Just lift your hands and talk in tongues and receive. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carysoul.media at gmail.com. We call you blessed.